listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the, the kingdom message or the kingdom is mentioned in the New, in the New Testament well over 200 times. That shows its importance. Are you me? Uh-huh. It's mentioned a lot. So if, if somebody mentions something often, it should show you how important the thing is to the person. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. When Jesus came, Jesus mentioned the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, more than he mentioned the church. The church he mentioned about just about twice. Some even say just once. But he mentioned the kingdom of God often. So you have to, it is right that as a believer, you understand what the kingdom of God is. Because it means that it's very important to our God. Amen. Now, today I want to start off or continue from last week from um, the kingdom concepts. We have to understand that um, the concept of a kingdom is something that emanated from God. So, when we're saying the kingdom of God, we are not saying like men or a, place, a concept that we, we, is stolen from men. But rather, it emanated from God because God is king. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne. The Lord has established his throne. And his kingdom rules over all. The Lord has what? Established his throne and what? His kingdom rules over all. So, before anything began, God is a king. Before anything began, God is a king. And last week, I, I tried to trace um, for you. Are you in the house? God is known as the king of glory. The king of glory. God chose the kingdom concept to communicate both his purpose and his will for man. God, that's what he, he decided to use to communicate that to man. Now, the word kingdom has two words in it or two ideas in it, king and domain, king and domain. So whenever we're talking about kingdom or we're talking about the kingdom of God, something, one of the key ideas that must be on our mind is reign, the reign of God, or in other words, the rule of God. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. So, let me answer this question. What then is the kingdom of God? Now, somebody said that the kingdom of God is, is God's sovereign activity in the world that is bringing people into relationship with himself. It's God's sovereign activity in the world, in the universe, that is bringing people into a relationship with him. But anybody that is, once you start studying about the kingdom of God, there's this person that you have to meet, and that's Dr. Miles Moreau. You can't study, then you didn't study. If, 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 if maybe they give you an assignment, go study on the kingdom of God, and you come saying something, and don't quote Dr. Miles Moreau, then you didn't study. Hallelujah. Because he is one person that God has given the depth of revelation about the kingdom of God to. That even teachers of the word 
go to him. Amen. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. you got to know Dr. Miles Monroe. Hallelujah. <laughs> you got to know Dr. Miles Monroe. Now, his definition of the kingdom of, uh, is this. He said, it is the governing influence of a king. Is the governing influence of a king over his territory. Two parts. So first, the governing influence of a king over his territory. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. The governing influence of, over the king, of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, purpose, and intent. You get it? The governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, purpose, and intent. Think about it again. And I need you to get this because the latter part of what we are pre- I'm sharing today you need this to help you see it. Are we good? The governing influence of, of, of what? A king over a territory. Aha. Uh-huh. What, what is he doing? Impacting that place with his, what? his will, what? his purpose, and his intent. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This means that when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we are talking about the rule of God, we are talking about God's reign, we are talking about God's divine does sovereignty in action. The kingdom, somebody also said that the kingdom of God is Jesus on the move. Ish. The kingdom of God is Jesus on the move. It also means that it is not the four corners of a building called church. Ish. Hallelujah. We can't say that by going to the four corners of a building, we are going to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and tell the neighbor, it's not the four corners of a building. Tell the person, tell the person. Shake your neighbor and say, it's not the four corners of a building. Hallelujah. It also means that it is not a religion. It is not what? A religion. What is a religion? Religion is following rules and regulations and having a system of appeasement of a God. Are you with me? You are following rules and regulations so that you can appear in a certain form of rightness and then having some, some things that you appease a God. The kingdom of God is not a religion. Unfortunately, oftentimes when we have looked at the kingdom of God and the things of God, we have put it in religion, and especially for us in Africa. Because religion, we, religion is bread and butter for us. Are, are you with me? Aha. Uh-huh. The African is very religious. We see something behind every tree. <laughs> Amen. And anything that cannot be understood has to be in the divine or must hold a certain spiritual form. Amen. But interestingly now, the same African that, was, that easily makes, uh, turns things into religion and worship, a form of worship or a form of religion, the same African has the greater ability to understand the kingdom of God than even the Westerner. Because we have kinship in our midst. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? So look at anyone next year and tell anybody, don't lose hope. Just don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Amen. Amen. Aha. Uh-huh. The only thing is that we have to guard against religion because we see everything in religious light. Yeah. That's why it's interesting in our nation that we have people who clearly you can see that they are not of God. But people still go there and go and worship with them. 
<laughs> they will bastardize the big one. <laughs> but people go there to worship with them. Why? Because the, um, the African is chronically religious. We are chronically religious. That's the way we are. I mean, in the car, let something be small, and somebody shake his everybody, hey, uh, Jesus, you me, hey, God, everybody, we are very, really, are you with me? Nothing is explained until it is explained, it is explained from the spiritual perspective or religious perspective. That's the African. Are you in the house? Look at your neighbor and tell them the kingdom of God is not religion. It's not religion. Shake your neighbor and say, shake your neighbor and say, it's not religion. It's not religion. Hallelujah. It's God's kingly rule, his reign, his actions, his lordship, his sovereign governance. It's God's sovereign governance. Hallelujah. And when you study the Bible, one thing you notice is that the gospel speaks of entering into the kingdom of God both today and the future. That's one of the things you notice. It both talks about entering today and then it also talks about entering tomorrow, in the future, in a time that is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 3, 3, he said, Jesus answered unto, unto them, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see nor enter the kingdom of God. And when Jesus was talking about that, God, Jesus was implying the fact that the kingdom of God is possible for a man to enter. But a man cannot enter unless the man is born again. Amen. And last week, I explained how that can happen. He also said in John 3, 5, that most actually I said, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And the Bible said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's what? It's joy, peace, righteousness, what? In the Holy Ghost. The kingdom reality was brought down by the Holy Spirit. So that today happened when the Holy Spirit was ushered in. When Jesus died on the cross and the Holy Ghost came, the kingdom was ushered in the today. Heesh. Now, from then till now, there's always a today for men to enter the kingdom of God. There's always a today for men to enter the kingdom of God. Those who have not given their life or surrendered their life to Jesus, they have that opportunity to um, accept Jesus and enter the kingdom of, of God. Ish. Ish. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. But it's also in, now, like I said, it's both in the, um, the kingdom of God is today, you are entering today and um, tomorrow. But when you also study the kingdom of God, you realize that the kingdom of God has reality both in eternity past and eternity future. Eternity past, let me, let, let's look at this scripture. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. That's Psalm 145, verse 13. 145, 13. Let's raise it up. He said, your kingdom is what? An everlasting kingdom. And your dominion is what? Endures throughout what? All generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all who he has made. The TPT says, you are the Lord who reigns over all your ever-ending kingdom. <laughs> you ever what? Ending kingdom. From the time it began, 
And from the time, and the thing about God, there's no beginning or end. So ever end, <laughs> hallelujah. Ish. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is an everlasting kingdom. This is an ever, ever words. And say, so you are faithful to fulfill every promise you have made. You manifest yourself as kindness in all you do. And Revelations 5, 9, 10 says, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seal, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign. Now this scripture is in reference to what is yet to come. Hallelujah. It's in reference to what is God. Before time began, he reigns, he rules, is God. And then in time to come, Bible said that we shall enter or we shall get to a place where we are going to reign with him. So there's a present, there's a past reality of the kingdom, there's a present reality of the kingdom, and there's a future reality of the kingdom. God has always reigned, God has always ruled. God's goal and mindset is kingship, reigning, having dominion, having the house. That's God. And then at a point in time, which I, I needed to combine both last week's message and today, at a point in time, then God worked it out in time of men and then brought his kingdom reality. And he says, now you can enter. Now, after they enter in by the Holy Spirit, he tells them that it almost looks as if the kingdom's work and what God wants to do is never complete. There's a timeline where God is actually going to lead us into proper reigning. That is why Jesus, in teaching the people to pray, he said, look, when you pray, pray the kingdom should come today. So one, you are in the kingdom, but keep praying that the kingdom comes. That the reality of the kingdom comes. Am I making some sense? Yeah. Keep praying. So yes, we are in the kingdom by the Holy Spirit. But he said, don't stop. Pray the kingdom come. Someone say, pray the kingdom come, pray the kingdom come, pray the kingdom come. Shake your nose and say, pray the kingdom come, pray, pray the kingdom come. You know that, right? Yeah. Why should we pray the kingdom come? Because the king of a kingdom is good. The king of a kingdom is good. Hmm. The king of a kingdom is what? It's good. Let's look at, let's look at Psalm 103 verse 8. Uh, if you can get a TBT version, give me a TBT version. Yes, it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. We know that scripture. Oh, okay, some of us know that scripture. <laughs> but look at what the TBT says. Shall so we read on what I say? It says, Lord, what? Your words? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your love is like what? A flooding river what? Overflowing its banks with what? With what? With kindness. This is the reality Jesus knew. One time people came to him and Jesus said, look, I know where I'm coming from. In other words, Jesus said, I have, I have grips on the reality of where I'm coming from. You have not been there before. I've been there before. So Jesus said, that, look, pray that where I'm coming from, the reality of it Come. Because the guy over there is good. Hallelujah. Pray. Hey. 
Are you in the house? Shake your nose and say, pray the kingdom come. Pray the kingdom come. Pray the kingdom come. Pray words. Yeah. Pray the kingdom come. Hallelujah. Pray the kingdom come. Every day, trust the Lord. Ask God, let your kingdom come. Because the king of the kingdom is good. If, if there's something, you know, somebody came, somebody came to you and said, oh, good master, what did Jesus say? He said, none, none is good but God. He said, none is good but God. The conviction to, to act kindly towards you is from God. So when Jesus said we should pray the kingdom come, that's what he's saying. Pray that the reality and the experience of this king comes on us. Hallelujah. Uh And I believe that every believer must be consumed by the reality that there is a certain experience that we must walk in, that earth must experience. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know if anyone knows uh, Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs and right, yeah, okay, we know, right? Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay, so everybody that knows, but uh, oh, are, are we there? It's five. According to his own, it's five, right? Uh-huh. And he's, he maps out different motivation. Uh-huh. It, what, similar to what he's saying is that it's a motivation that makes us do and act and live. And they believe, and this is a search of man into man. Right? Now, when you look at man and the motivation of why we do things, why we go where we go, and all those things, first of all, our concerns, and in other words, our concern is what is physiological, which is first word, food. <laughs> food and what? Water. And what? Clothing. Shelter. Yeah, clothing. The second is safety. That is what? Job security. Home. Right. Uh-huh. A secured place. Hmm. And the next one is love and a sense of belonging. Or a place of belonging. That's friendship. You know, all those. And then the next one is what? Esteem. It says what? Acquiring the skill that leads you to honor and recognition. Hey, are you in the house? And the last one is what? Self-actualization. So in a sense, what he's saying that the man without the kingdom is moved and, and his motivation are for these things. Hey, is he right? Yeah. Yeah. When you get up in the morning, what will man eat? That's one of your greatest concern. Is there food for today? <laughs> Once there's food for today, what's our next concern? Yeah. We have to get ourselves some building, be some place, some. Once we have secured something, you have to look for a wife to check your how far. <laughs> 
Once you get a wife, what are you going for? <laughs> and the next thing is that you are looking for a name for yourself. As some of us, when you have gotten all this, that's why you buy a big car for your wife. So when your wife is moving, people can say, that is Mr. This's wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, so some of you, when you see them holding, I'm not saying all the women is your husband that bought for them. I'm just saying women. You, you, women's rights, please. Uh-huh. But sometimes the reason why the man will hand over the big car to a woman so that when they ask you, because he has built their house, has, now what he's looking for is a name. Sometimes you first he has a practical house, then the next he goes to go and build a humongous house that they can only sleep in one sleep in one bed one night, but they have twenty four bedrooms. Nice. <laughs> hey, am I making some sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making name for themselves and coming to a place of becoming more of what they think their life is all about. Now, this is the life of a man without a kingdom. This is the life of a man without a, without a kingdom on their mind. Hallelujah. And most of us, look, you have to get it. Our secular uh, tuition institutions are structured around these things. These are, what, these are the, what they are training us, teaching us. This is the life they are designing us to live. The first, secure food. That's how our economics are built. Secure food, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. The next. That's the way the system are built. But, uh, sorry, this morning I came to tell you that for you, Jesus wants something different from you, for you. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah, shake your name and say, God wants something different from you. Amen. What does God want? It's found in Matthew 6, 33. Mm. Hey, are you in the house? What does it say? Shall we read on? One, two, three, four. What does it say? By words. Ah. But what? Seek what? First. So it's not food and water you should seek first. Shake your nose. It's not food and water you should seek first. It's not food and water. It's not safety. Shake the person. <laughs> Give us TPT of this same scripture. Is said so above all, constantly what? Chase what? Mm. Shall we read it again? Some of you didn't want to read it. Please read it again. One, two, go. things. Yeah. All these less things. 20,000 people leave the university or they leave whatever yearly and they are all seeking food. But God has a better plan. He says, seek the kingdom and the realm of God's kingdom. Why? Because I told you earlier on, why did God wants us to chase after, Jesus wants us to chase after and pray the kingdom. Because the king of that kingdom is good. Now, one of the things, one of the reality you guys have to get is that 
every king, every, every culture of a kingdom emanates from the king. Every culture of a king emanates from the king. It's very, very important. For instance, when you go to the Ashanti kingdom, culture and what it means comes from the king. The king determines even the livelihood, the level of wealth of his people. It's the king that determines all these things. What is right, what is wrong, it comes from the king. And if we are living in a kingdom where you have a king who is so generous, hey, why are you worrying? As for the minute we go with Maslow's law of whatever and we are chasing after these things, it means that God is not our king or we are not in the kingdom. Yeah. Or we've become unto ourselves our own rule and our own kingdom. Hey. Am I talking to somebody? I can see some people are getting some people to say, no, but food is important. <laughs> now, this scripture is known as the, 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 the first things first principle. Because when you look at the way it's, it, it's structured, it says, look, seek this first. It's almost to say that, look, no, you put the cat in front of the horse. No, rather put the horse in front of the cat. If you are going to make a move, you can't put the cat in front of the horse. You can't. Because you're going nowhere. Who's going to pull it? And it says that all the things you are looking for, it is in the realm of God's uh, kingdom reign. Once you go there and you pursue that, those things are automatically following the kingdom. Because they are things that the king knows that you need. Some of you, for 25 years, you've been chasing. Okay. Some 35 years, you've been chasing. You've been chasing food. Look at the one that says, stop chasing food. Just stop chasing food. Some of you have reached a place where you are looking for relationships. You are chasing. Tell the person, stop chasing. Look at the one that says, stop chasing. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Most of you, university people, food, you are on the safety, the second one. <laughs> Say, can you get me a job? So I want to zero in, all this is to bring you to halfway and zero in, because we are a family church, what is the implication of a kingdom reality and family? Does it make sense? What's the implication? If all this thing is true, what is the implication? Hallelujah. Write this down. Note this down. The kingdom of God is a, is a present reality. It's a present reality, and it affects the way its citizens live. Now, religion has membership. Kingdom has citizens. There is no member of Ghana. We only have citizens of this nation. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's no member. Hey, and a citizen, a citizen has certain rights that automatically is to them once they are citizens. So you have to understand that we are citizens of a kingdom, not members of a kingdom. Say, so I'm a member of the church. It means that the church is religious. 
We are citizens of a kingdom. We have rights. Hey. The problem with some of you is that you have married members of a church. <laughs> Not citizens of a kingdom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what is the supreme culture of this kingdom? Love. The supreme culture of the kingdom is what? Love. You remember I, t- I said that what? what um, the culture of the kingdom comes from what? It manages from what? The king. Okay. Let's look at the second scripture. Uh, 1, John, 1 John 4, 7 to 10. 1 John 4, 7 to 10. Dear friends, let us what? Love one another. For what? For, dear friends, let us what? Love one another. For what? And it says what? Everyone who and knows God. And let's rest. Let's go. Uh huh. The next verse. He sent his one and uh huh. Our citizenship is born out of love. We became citizens through a sacrificial act of love. What was that? The sun dying for us. So once you enter the kingdom, the kingdom, you enter there, the, you know sometimes you enter and they've written the king, and then they've written something about the king, uh, most magnificent, most, something they write about the king, they write something to, to describe the king. When you enter the kingdom of, of God, the big samples that you must see, if you don't, if you don't see, they are not in the kingdom of God, it's love. This God is love. So love is not an idea. Love is a reality. You know somebody say, like a good idea, say a doyo. <laughs> a good idea. Hey, shake your and say, it's not a good idea. It is the thing. It is the thing. It is the thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Those who are loved by God, let his love continue to pour out from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who, who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. I'm really tipping. For God is love. The light of God's love shines within us when he sends his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sin. One of the surest or assurity that you are in the kingdom of God is love. One, both that you know it and you are living it. That's assurity. Love. If you have not experienced the love of God, can I tell you, you are not in the kingdom. As some of us, some people have joined us 
is it John that said they came to join us, but they're not part of us? Yeah. They came. Look, there are people that join, they are the members of the of the kingdom. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> they are the members of the kingdom. And, 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 and he said, look, they join us, but they're not with us. Very soon they'll, 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 they'll leave us. Very soon they'll leave the kingdom. They're the ones that come and say, hey, I was there, and all those Christians don't believe them. They are hypocrites. And what are you? Because if you had abundance of love, you would have arrived at that conclusion. Yeah. If love was flowing through you, you would have arrived at that conclusion. So don't believe them, they are hypocrites. Don't believe, and all those things. No, the Bible said they were once with us, but they were never of us. Because they never knew the love of the Father. Brothers and sisters, fellow citizens of the kingdom of heaven, are you in the house? Hey, fellow citizens, are you in the house? <laughs> My fellow was. <laughs> Amen. This I will leave to Ekufadu to help us. My fellow. <clears throat> The love of God is a present reality. It is a moment-by-moment reality. That's one of the things you have to know. There's never a place in the kingdom where you say, once there was a time where I experienced God's love, eh? Now. <laughs> Me and God is bitter. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, are you in the house? Yeah. It's a present day. Look, I want you to get it. Because sometimes we have people that enter by, oh, God has saved me, and in tears and all that. And then right now in their work with God is work. One that right now in their work with God is hardship, is difficulty, is the feeling of abandonment. It's like they have to prove themselves every day. The kingdom of God, the love of God is a present day-to-day reality. Last week's love is not greater than today's love. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Where we say God used to love me. No. Shake your neighbor and say, God loves you still. God loves you still. Oh, shake the one and tell them, say, God loves you still. God loves. No, look at the person and tell them, God, don't use religion. Look at them and tell them, God loves you still. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear. Tell them, God loves you still. Hallelujah. It's a present reality. Now, before any marriage can work, you need, we need people to understand. I'm talking about kingdom marriage. This reality of God's love. Because people are working bankrupt of love. And in their attempts getting to actualization and going through the process, they know they have to go for a woman. So they are bankrupt of it, and that's why they are going to a woman and going to stress some of this poor child. So why are you not loving me? But I bought you this thing. I, I did the nails for you. Why are you not loving me? <laughs> no. Tell everyone, no, no, no. Tell everyone, no. Oh, shake your hands and no. <laughs> no. Oh, look at the hands no. No, it doesn't work like that. Amen. It doesn't work like that. Tell the person, nails is not enough to, to, to have. <laughs> Tell the person, it's not enough. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Is that enough? And a lot of guys are coming to that truth. That at that moment, it looks as if what you did for the woman is enough. But some few moments, they forgot him. Is that enough? It's not, it's not enough. You can't. You can't buy enough nails to keep the love going. Nor the eyeshadow, nor the wig. You can't, you know what I mean? The ladies, they want to look different every time. Today, they want to look Chinese. Tomorrow, they want to look, tomorrow, they want to look. Very soon, you get tired of Chinese and you ask for another wig. Are you going to keep up with this, this, this fake approach to love? Amen. Yeah. And that's how some people are even get entering into marriage. Or when you're going to marry, I want to prove that I love you. So all these bunyan and plenty things and plenty ceremonies, plenty wasting of money, plenty things. Hey. And then they enter. And they realize that, hey, uh, sana, <laughs> asumwa. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that. Look, I'm telling you, those of you that are not married, are you in the house? And you are in the city, a kingdom, you have to understand this. When someone is coming, watch how much they understand God's love for them. Weigh that. That is it's a good measure. Other than that, you are going to feel a basket with water. You pour, it will run out. You pour, it will run out. Every morning you have to pour again. You pour with words, you pour, we pour with roses, you pour with what? What the? Chocolate. You, pour, you keep pouring, it still runs out. After you have shot, I love you, I love you, I love you. The following week, they forgot it. Hey, don't be say, I told you. <laughs> Recently, one of my my boy, she was telling me, he's been married maybe about three, four years. He said, look, my wife is insecure. He said, she's insecure. She's practically on the phone with me the whole day I'm at work. He said, I have to constantly be assuring her that I've chosen you, I love you. You know what that looks like to my, can you, can, can you continue on that in the next 30 years? But from the beginning, it looks as if it is love. You see, this guy is as if it's love. I'm sure every time she calls, he says, oh, she loves me. Oh, she loves you. I love you. And then you go and say, like, hey, I born this people. I know I got to. <laughs> hey. Say, I've cut all my friends for you. Hey. They say, yeah, cut all the friends. They have the man. Okay. Go and feel all the rules of the friends at the same time. Go and feel everybody. You feel the role of the pastor. Feel, you feel the role of everybody. Then now you say, I can't breathe. Our enemy choking me. I'm not going to in the house. Marriage doesn't mean a bondage from freedom. Am I talking to somebody? It doesn't mean that you are supposed to sit on somebody. That's not what love is. Hey. Hey, I'm not talking to somebody in the house. What you need is God's love. In the kingdom, love is abundant. Look at the one that says, in the kingdom, love is abundant. Hey. Okay. Now, what's the implication? Let's look at this, the nature of this love. Romans 8.35. Romans 8.35. From 35 going, look at what it says. Shall we read? Let's look at this. The nature of the love in the kingdom. One to go. Who shall what? Separate us from the love of Christ. Huh? 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Uh-huh. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as what? Okay, the next verse. No, in all these things, we are... How are we more than conquerors? I can't hear. How are we more than conquerors? Okay, he said, through your husband's love, through how my wife loves me, (laughs) how are we more than conquerors? Through him who loved us. Wife, get this. Husband, get this. Hallelujah. Yeah. Through him who loved us. He said, he said this love can, he said this love, nothing can separate us from it. He said this love can face any danger. It can face any danger. As a matter of it's not even afraid of nakedness. It's not even afraid of nothing. It's not, mo- it's not going about worrying. What would we eat? No, 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 no. He said, this love is able to face everything. He said, once you have this love in your heart, you're not afraid. You're not moving by needs and wants. Your life is not designed by those things. That's what he's saying. And people in the kingdom, this is the way our lives are supposed to be. Supposed to be. Not be moved by small lack, small ones, and then all of a sudden you are confused. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. Now, if that is true, and you have people who have this mind before they marry, do you think there will be a place for divorcing? Understanding that they are loved to the degree that that love can face any danger. What is the danger that your wife can bring you? Small, no food. You are stressed. I think I have to change my marriage. My, my own. <laughs> you see, what we get out of this love eh, is that this love endures to the end. That's why I say it can face anything. It even says, look, darkness, height, nor depth, nothing can separate us from this. This love can see things to its end. And once you have the seed of this love in your heart, what is the love in your wife that you can see to the end? Yesterday, I heard a story of a man of God who, I, I, I said, when he began ministry, began with the wife, they were doing so well, everything okay. The one time he came home, the wife had changed. The wife was become, you know, she usually was hyper, but all of a sudden she's, she's calm and all those. He tried everything, but that was the beginning of their woes because it looked as if the wife went through mental challenges. And not only that, the wife started, um, um, what's it called, committing adultery. Not one, not two. And this man of God, their church is well over 5,000 people. No one, no two. Your wife won't come to church. Come to church. Your wife will not come to church. Excuse us. Excuse the wife. He read sometimes and said, look, end. But anytime he goes to God, God says, will you trust me? Because the love God has, hey, when our love comes to an end, God's love, there's no end to it. That's so I say, look, most, most people enter into marriage trusting their own love. Rather, trust in God's love for you and make sure that the other person holds on to that love. That's why you, you say, well, let's put God aside. I don't mean I'm a doll. Oh, what now? Okay. 
Yeah. Guess what? Now the Lord has restored their marriage. They didn't divorce. God gave them the grace to see it to the end, and today they are healing other marriages. Yeah. See, God's love has, has a story beyond the, fornica- the adultery. Yeah. Human's love can't. Human's love, hey, hey. The day I even see you doing some signs, you better not want to divorce already. <laughs> but God's love still can tell a story beyond. After, after all, were we not murderers? Isn't that Paul said? Were we not murderers? As a mother, God's love came to meet us at our west end, and then he wrote a new story. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Yeah. So there's power. And look, I'm telling you, we must understand this concept of the kingdom. Allow that to influence the way we do things. The king of the kingdom is love. Hey. Okay. So a man who embraces this and enters a home or starts a family with his wife, what I'm saying is that he will not see his love come to an end too quickly. He will not see his marriage come to an end quickly. Hallelujah. Because why? He's allowing, remember, the impact of God's will and intent into his home. But once the kingdom of God is there, God is going to impact every space, every sphere with his intent and with his will. God wants to reign in our homes. Marriage is not just marriage where you have Mr. and Mrs. Uh, 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 or, or, or therefore, and then you're going to call it a shaking and come wear a dress and come and stand in front. And then, that, that's, not, that's not what it is. Because oh. <laughs> some people glory in the midst of say, hey, woo. <laughs> but when they enter their, their home, there's no God there. Somebody's warning somebody. Somebody says, hey, me, you're going to warn. And they're already about to fight. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say, hey, last time what you did, you think you come and get food. You won't get any food. Hey. Yeah, threats. People are married and they are threatening each other. <laughs> hey. Hey. Are you in the house? This is marriage counseling 101 plus 105. <laughs> Amen. We have to. Christians must show, you see, it's, it's so sad the way the same day we marry, secular people marry, the same day they are divorcing, you see Christians are also divorcing. And everybody is coming with, I can't. You, you, you. Who told you it was supposed to be done by your power in the first place? And that's because those who are writing the stories and things on screen gives us the impression that marriage, the covenant of marriage is sustained by you. No. No. I always say, look, your naivety will put you into marriage, which is good. After your naivety puts you into marriage, your eyes get cleared. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good. Everybody needs naivety. So when they said they want to marry, let's force them. Let's push them into it. Because if your eyes get clear before you marry, you marry. <laughs> now, your naivety will put you into it. But once you are in it, then you are now going to understand what love is. And I'm telling you, it's better that you enter this with somebody who understands the kingdom concept. Your, your, your space, your marriage must be ruled. There must be the impact of God's kingdom. The last scripture for today. Let's look at God's look at your marriage. 
Um, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 25, 26. Hmm. Okay, let's start from 21. Let's go at home. 21, shall we read? One, two, go. Submit what? Where love, where the king reigns, there's submission. One what? another. The submission was one another. Look, there's no I am the man and somebody also shall be a me too. I'm also the woman. Whatever you are, you must carry and package it and submit that. In the kingdom, the God's kingdom reign home, there is no, um, how do I even put it? What you are is not, it's not important. What is important is submission. So whether you have degrees, what do you call the other one? Whether degrees, Fahrenheit or whatever. No matter how hot you think you are because you are gearing to PhD, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I had a woman, you could say she's very prominent. And he said she, she was called one time and he said they're making a board director of something very big. So she was excited, she reached home. She reached home. The minute she opened the, 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 the door, the mother says, okay, you have come. Please go and buy milk for her. <laughs> and, then, and then she says, mommy, but I have a good news. I have something to tell you. She said, oh, you go and, go and buy it and go and come. And he said, but he said, what happened to, what, what, what about my husband? He said, no, I can't send him. He, he can't go and buy. Something about the husband. And he said, what about the maid? He said, they are busy. He says, go and buy and come. So the woman, prominent woman, she drove, went to buy a milk and cake. And then she came to put the thing on the table. Bam. It says, ah, I've been called, I've a good news, a big news. I'm going to be the board of whatever, whatever. And then all you are worried about is milk. And why don't you, you know, daughters will be, why don't you respect me and all those things? And he said, look. He said, whatever you are out there, when you come here, you are, you are a wife. He said, you are a wife and you are my daughter. So leave your boss this in outside. <laughs> yeah. People take a carry reputations here and there. And we fail to realize that in the home, we are to submit to one another. Submit. Look at him and say, submit, submit. A lady is, is, is what is the name you call it? Um, Sister Ajua. The minute they change the name to Mrs. whatever, then all of a sudden, as if there's extra, sometimes come, there's extra shoulder pad. You know those shoulder pad away. And, 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 and. A brother, God has been using you all this while they made you a pastor. That's it. Everybody should control you. Oh. Whatsoever you are, submit it. Whatsoever you are submitted, this is the household of God. Submission to one another. Hey, am I making some sense? The next verse. We are praying for you. <laughs> he said what? For what? The husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which is the savior. The next. You see people? As Christ is the head of which what? The husband is the savior. So when you say the head, then your head is, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the man is ahead, then you want to sit. You know what somebody says? On the airway, then you sit to us. I see what you say. But where does it go? It said, 
No. The 23. The previous one. It says, as Christ is the head of church, his body, of which what? He is the... No, no, I can't hear. He is the... How did he save the church? The, the, the church? He died for... So one of the things they mentioned the head, just see dying. When they mention head, see you're about to die. <laughs> After all, when you want to get rid of a chicken, you start with the head, you just chop it off. <laughs> the next one. It says what? Now as the church submit to Christ, so also what? Wives should submit to their husbands in what? In every A. In what? I can't in what? Even in money affairs. Hey, the place has gone quiet. One thing a beautiful girl doesn't want you to talk about is money. No, one thing a beautiful girl doesn't want you to talk about is their money. We can talk about you, your money, but not their money. <laughs> tell the beautiful girl next to you, tell the person, don't marry, keep your money. <laughs> tell the beautiful girl, don't, don't, don't marry, keep your money. <laughs> that selfishness that we have a generation of girls have entered into they say your money is our money and my money it is not Christian it is not Christian it's a human cultural thing it's not Christian why would a man go work everything a man he loves and come and submit and put at your feet but you will work and keep yours can't you say that you are not working love can't you see that you are not working love in everything, tell everybody in everything, in everything, in everything. The next, the next verse. It says, Husbands, what? Love your wives. Just as what? Christ loved the church and what? And gave himself up for her. To make her what? Holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. The household of God, listen, is, the, is, is love at work bringing the best out of each other. It's love at work, bringing the best out of each other. This is the household of God. This is the marriage of God. We are trying to outdo each other to bring the best out of each other. And if we walk in this, and someone says, how can we do so? Because we have received love. Because we, are, we, we know that the king is love, and the king's uh, uh, essence fills the culture. Everywhere is love. So... The, See, love is not strange. Love is not something I'm thinking about that I have to think. It's like I have to be conscious about walking in love. No, this is what the kingdom is. The kingdom is a radical place of love. It's a radical place of love. Hallelujah. Yeah. I won't quit on you once I want to see the best out of you. How do I quit on you? How do I come to you and say, let's end this marriage? No. So this morning I came to challenge you. If, if, if we understand the, this kingdom, we must allow the essence of the kingdom to influence us, influence whatever we do. Hallelujah. Yeah. It must influence whatever you do. And listen, let me say this in conclusion. Listen, guys. One thing that is, is, stands out about the king, about our king, is that he makes his intent known. And once he makes his intent known, it 
it is considered as done. Now, that being said, every intent of love in God's eye, it is done. So once you come to the king and say, I love, and you proclaim, and he puts you together, he sees it as a love that is done and complete to the very end. That's why he says he hates divorce. Because divorce means you are causing God to go back on something. You have come to him, agreed, put it. Now you are coming that God should walk and to go back on anything, God should walk back and go back on love. Hey, I believe strongly with the Lord that divorce is never the intent of God. Marriage is meant to see, you have to see love to the very end. In marriage, you have to see love to the very end. Hey, the love that never gives up. This morning, there are so many single people here. Amen. The single naive people are in the house. <laughs> Shake your and say, it's good, it's good. Tell your, 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 your naivety, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Shake your face, it's okay. <laughs> but tell neighbor, I wish you know the love of God. Yeah. For our God is love. Our God is what? It's love. Wherever you are, I want you to rise up on your feet. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.